Hello, everybody, and welcome back to What in the World. I'm so happy that I have all of you here with me today, whether you're listening on whatever form of media you uh, like to go on. I have a very special guest with me today. This is Sean from Ineptitech. Uh, Hi. He is a great friend of mine, and uh, he has helped me quite a bit, so I figured that I would bring him on here today and uh, uh, just have a nice conversation with him and and talk about some of his uh, skills and favorite things to do. So uh, go ahead and introduce yourself in any way that you see fit. (laughs) Sure. My name is uh, Sean. I have a company called Ineptitech. We do software development specializing in uh, web development and web design, but we do some other things. We've done some bots, so we did the obviously your website, Gaia Comics, uh, and the Earth Droid bot, um, and it's all it's you know it's a ton of fun just to make these kind of goofy projects, and also you know some of the more serious stuff, right? Uh, just whatever comes our way. That's awesome. So, uh, real quick before we get into the conversation, if you are on YouTube, you can see there's a little record uh, spinning in the top. That's going to be a thing that I'm going to be doing from now on. I'm going to call it the record of the week, and I'm just going to highlight something that I've been listening to over the last week, some new music that came out. Uh, this week, we have the record uh, Here For Now by Lewis the Child. Um, it's a fun little song. I thought that I'd uh, give it a sh- er, It's a fun album. Um and uh, I thought that I'd give it a shout out because I, I found their song Little Things and it's like one of my new favorite songs. So uh, go check that out and then uh, we'll get into this. So, Sean. Yeah. You are a web developer. Yeah. How did you get into doing something like that? Um, so the short answer is pretty much just hanging out with people who are smarter than me. <laughs> uh, and not being afraid to ask questions. That's fair. The long answer is I had some um, struggles in high school and mm-hmm. ended up going to a few different schools. Um, but in the time that I was not going to high school, uh, I was just learning these things on my own. I was learning about uh, Linux and like system administration. Mm-hmm. And then a little later, uh, I just got into to web development and web design. And I just found it a lot more captivating because it's such um, it's such an expressive medium. It's a very kind of direct and easy way mm-hmm. to express an idea. And the advantage it has over something like, you know, just drawing by hand or in Photoshop or whatever is that you have interactivity. You know, you have, uh, you know, the computer, you have the keyboard and mouse and everything. Yeah, totally. So you can do, um, there's just there's so much more potential. And more recently, I've been getting into doing like 3D stuff, like oh, yeah. 3D scenes, and um, it really is just like a, an endlessly expanding thing. Like you can do so much with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess when I first kind of found out how much potential there was for that, and obviously knowing that you know web development is, and the web in general is always going to be growing, it's not going anywhere. Right. It seemed like a really good choice both from kind of an artistic, expressive perspective and also as a um, kind of career choice. It, it, it just made sense to me. Made sense. That's awesome. So you, uh, you, you created Ineptitech, which is your business. Yes. Do you, is it just you or I know that you mentioned that you had like a, a team of people? So I have... Um, a friend of mine who I guess I would consider my business partner. Okay. Uh, legally, I'm the owner of the business, but uh, I have a couple other friends as well who um, are part of the team and whenever I need help. For the most part, I'm, I'm taking the lead on most of the projects, mm-hmm. uh, which is something I learned to do after some, some past uh, bad experiences, right. which I'll get into. But <laughs> basically, just I found that relying on other people to do things for you is not going to work. Like if you're the one with the idea, you need to be the one to do it. Yeah. You're the one with the vision. You can't possibly communicate that and get people as interested in it as you are. Um, so um, I usually take the lead on most of the projects, but I do have uh, a, a small team of a couple other guys who help me out with stuff awesome. uh, from time to time. So how, how long have you uh, had Ineptitech? 
So Ineptitech was officially registered this year. But we've been, um, me and my business partner, buddy, we've worked together on some projects. We did a game hosting service a few years back. Cool. And um, uh, we've been kind of planning to do web development, getting into that. We just found that hosting is, it's mostly just having to deal with like customers directly. Like you have a bunch of people. Especially in game hosting, it's like mostly kids mm. and it's customer support is not easy. Yeah. So yeah. what um, we, we just figured like it's just easier for us to do things in-house and just have control over our environment and deal with like one person at a time, maybe a couple. Right. Okay. That's cool. Do you like what is uh, what's your what's your end game with it? Do you want this to become like a, a big business uh venture that you'll be able to evolve or are you just kind of happy with where it's at now um i have an acquaintance uh a guy in florida who has a company um and he does very very well for himself Mm -hmm. he just has uh you know he all he has like an endless line of clients and he just streams on Twitch, uh, learning new languages or trying to figure stuff out. He's got a couple employees. He's got this beautiful office and like a super clean space with all of this uh, hardware and equipment and everything he could possibly need. Right. And um, I kind of look at that as my go-to, as, as like my end goal. I just want to have an environment where I have all of the, all of the resources I could possibly need for any creative thing if i need servers for some you know crazy infrastructure thing then i just want to have that on site i can just go right in and um i want to have all these like crazy workstations a couple employees right. uh just uh for for programming stuff i also want to have a um like uh an electrical station like for soldering stuff because um i think hardware is a pretty important part of that if you need uh you know now, like um, there's a hosting company called OVH, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty popular, and they actually have a lab where they like they build their own computer motherboards, or like they customize them, oh. and they have their own like water cooling setup for all their servers. It's just super cool. Ooh. So a space where I can I can do programming or digital art or have the servers or or build something mm-hmm. like electrically, just have all the tools there and all the possibilities. That's kind of where I want to go with it. That's awesome. And uh, I know that you mentioned uh, like uh, getting into like some like 3D modeling, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember you were streaming in uh, our Discord server that you were um, you were updating the Dinosaur Earth Society's website and with the 3D dinosaur. Yeah, so that actually just went live a couple hours ago. We moved over to the new site. Um, and, uh, depending on who you ask, that is accurate simulated satellite footage, but, uh, <laughs> um, no, I, um, he has a 3d model of a velociraptor that, uh, he sent me for something I was doing uh, a while back when I was first working on his site. And, um, I, I've been using this uh, library called 3JS, which lets you do 3D things in browser. And that's kind of what I've been getting into with 3D scenes. And so it's really easy just to take a 3D model and load it in and then just tell it like spin. So, and then you put a space background and it's like it's, it's orbiting or something like that. And it's, it's really easy to do that stuff with 3JS. Um, that's awesome. So... Uh, I took a course on 3D modeling, I forget when, uh, a number of years ago. And I've always been kind of hovering around like the game development Mm -hmm. space. And I've always been dabbling in it a little bit, but I've never actually published a game. (laughs) Um, What do you, what do you use? Like what kind of programs? uh, So I use Autodesk Maya. I have a student license for that. Oh, cool. Um, I also have Maya, but I just have, it's just sitting on my computer. I just... Yeah, I haven't done anything with it. I'm I'm not the the best 3D modeler. I can do a little bit of it, and I know my way around the tools. Um, but for the most part, I as of late, I've just been using it like 
just open up a 3D model, put a texture on it, and then just export it or like optimize it or whatever for for the web, just so I can. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the website right now, and yeah, it looks phenomenal. I thanks, man. <laughs> it's it's very impressive. I I'm, and it's just like it moves so smoothly. I love the cursor <laughs> as well. <laughs> the cursor, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That's really cool. So would that be like what is what's your favorite thing that you've done with these skills? Like have have you like websites that you've built or bots that you've built? Like what what are some of your favorite highlights? Hmm. That's a hard question. I would um I don't know. I mean you when depending on how long you've been doing there's like a curve the when you're first starting out you're learning a lot of things and you're learning really really fast mm -hmm. so uh two months ago the your the most impressive thing you've made will look obsolete okay. um yeah, because two months later you're you've learned so much more and you can look back uh i mean what i like to do is i'll have uh to-do lists on a sticky note or whatever mm -hmm. And for a little while, I'll keep them around so I can look back and see, like, this wasn't that long ago, but I accomplished all these things. I made all these really cool things. Yeah. I'm the same um, way. I have a, I have a, a whiteboard uh, on, next to my door that just yeah. I throw something on there, and then it sits there. And then when I'm done with it, I check it off, but I don't erase it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, even though I've been doing this for a few years now, it's um, – if you you know you just have to stay ambitious and you're you're always going to be moving on but to answer your question um i would say the current dinosaur earth society website is up there yeah. i'd also say the character builder i did for you i um it's one of my favorite things just like i i go on there and i play with it sometimes i was on it today because uh i i someone posted something they were like this is the uh most high definition picture of uh mercury that you'll ever see yeah yeah, yeah. i saw that i yeah. saw that and so i just i i didn't feel like opening up photoshop and i was like wait a minute i have <laughs> a character creator that i could just hop on so i just went right. out there and i downloaded the png that came out of the website and it was it was so quick and easy and it's so it's like it, it's really well done like i don't i i, I want to just continue giving you praise for that because of how <laughs> awesome it works so I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Mm -hmm. It's really, really hacky. Is it? Like it really is. So I don't want to get into like a ton of technical detail, but basically what it uses is called a canvas. Mm -hmm. And so like a canvas is not entirely unlike an actual real life canvas right. in the sense that if you paint something on there, you can't exactly erase it super easily. Right. So when you add, like if you add, uh, you know, the dinosaur earth face mm -hmm. and then you want to put on a mustache, uh, and then you want to change the face. Like you want to change it to a different one, like the flat earth uh, face, for example. Right. You can't just change that. If I throw it in there, it's just going to draw it again on top of what's already there. Huh. So what I actually do is erase the entire canvas and redraw everything every time you change something. Hmm. Um, and for that reason, it's fairly limited. Like, uh, for example, adding multiple characters is just not gonna happen yeah, being able to idea. click and drag stuff around is just um <laughs> so uh, i wish i could have done more of it but i'm still very very proud of uh you know i got it to work and i think it uh the design came out really well and, yeah, and the whole thing works pretty smoothly i think so too and it, it's it's uh it, and a lot of people really enjoy it like i i know that there are people who still uh send me the uh, like some of their favorite creations and and uh there's now there's a th there's a twitter account attached to that does yeah that, does that run off of the character creator how does that work okay so i'm actually really glad you asked that question <laughs> um <laughs> so it doesn't okay. is the short answer um there's actually two completely different code bases that do the exact same thing um, and so there's one, of course, for the website that's written in JavaScript, which is the language that browsers use. Right. Um, and then there's another language called PHP, which is typically used on, 
on a server. So if you need any like logic to your website, that's not just in the browser, mm-hmm. like a database, for example, is okay. a pretty common use. Or like those contact forms, like an email form. Okay. Those are often written in PHP. All the developers listening to this heard me say PHP and close the tab. Um, <laughs> is that like... Uh, it's it's a little bit notorious, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, so the reason it is that way, obviously I can't... I mean, I guess maybe there is a way. But uh, it's, it wouldn't exactly be convenient to use the browser for the bot. So I've basically rewrote the same thing, but completely differently in a completely different language um, to make the bot. And so when you go on your website, uh, Mother Earth Comics, in the bottom right, there's that little um, uh, icon which picks a random character to show as like the, the shortcut to go to the character builder. Yeah. That actually uh, uses the bot code base. They're both they're both written in PHP. So if you were to open up the website code and you were to look at that, it's something like MotherEarthComics.com slash randomcharacter.php is the image. So the PHP script generates it and then sends it to you. Wow. Um and the bot works uh the same way essentially. Wow. That's that's yeah. really cool. I I'm glad that uh uh, I'm I'm learning all of these things from you because I yeah. I love to show off uh, the website. And I'm like, yeah, I know this guy. He he has this company and he built it for me and it's it's the coolest thing ever. And they're like, that's so cool. How did you get the planets to come out in a spiral? And how did you how did you get the um uh the the things to just be random in the corner? And how did you have the secret uh, Easter yeah. egg that pops up? And I'm like. I don't nah, know. The Easter, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> now I can just now I'll have this podcast and I can just send them that link send it like here to them. Yep. That's what it does. <laughs> gotcha. That's awesome. So I mean, yeah, that's um that's one of the thing obviously yeah, words. <laughs> obviously I'm not a an engineer. Mm-hmm. I don't have a degree, but there's sort of this engineering mindset right. of wanting to take this existing um you have these tools. And you want to see what's the furthest you can push the tools to do. Like, what's the craziest thing you can take, like, that no one would ever have thought you could do? Mm. How far can you push it? Yeah. And so, like, a good example is that canvas thing mm. where it, it wipes it every time. And um, uh, and so, there. I mean, there's kind of a line to be drawn where, like, at a certain point, it just gets stupid and impractical. <laughs> but it, it's really one of the driving it's like if you tried to make your comics in ms paint i mean like yeah i guess you could mm-hmm. if you wanted to um but on the other hand some people make some really cool stuff in ms paint yeah totally so it's kind it's kind of a, a line yeah. to to that you have to walk but that's one of the things that i think a, that keeps a lot of creative people who are also technically inclined going mm-hmm. Is that like you, you, you're always pushing yourself. You're always, you always have that ambition to see what's the furthest I can push this skill set, and you learn things along the way. Totally. So, when, what, how many websites have you fully developed? Uh, I actually don't know off the top of my head. Because <laughs> I, um, uh, I was taking a look at your website earlier, and there mm-hmm. were some, some highlights on there. Yeah, so um, I think a lot of people, um, I'm going to speak for myself, I have um, a server Mm -hmm. where I just upload all of my crazy experiments, Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of the time they're not really fully realized websites, it's just a concept that I came up with while I was half asleep or stoned, (laughs) and... uh, (laughs) (laughs) And you just get, you just come up with this idea... That you you have a picture in your head, and you know, and I imagine you experience the same thing, uh, and I imagine musicians do as well. You come up with with a, a riff or some thing, and you're like, I wonder if I can do that. Totally. And the same goes for for web designers and web developers. So I just have um, a server where I upload all of my kind of crazy experiments, like. Um, Right now, I'm working on a personal portfolio that's based entirely on a 3D scene. So it's a table with a lamp and a laptop. And the laptop screen is actually a frame of another website. So 
it has um it has like a few of my projects and you can you can press keys and switch between the different screens so it'll go like to the ineptitech website and uh, one of the things i did uh the company that makes quake um id software is that them yeah i think they released the source code for the original quake a while back and someone actually ported it to run in browser in a project (laughs) called webquake and it's really really cool so what I did was I actually put WebQuake on the laptop in the 3D scene. So you can load up the website and you can play Quake on the little laptop. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, and th- don't go to that on your phone on data. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> It'll just rip through. You will get a crazy overage uh, charge. <laughs> but that's the thing is that, you know, you get – like I said, that's what keeps you driving. You're like, I wonder if I can make this crazy, stupid idea work. That's awesome. That's that's really cool. So, so is that going to be like, uh, like you said that it's going to be a portfolio, and um, you like you're, are you still working on it, or is it yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So I can actually let me see if I can I have it up here. So I just have uh, a bunch of different folders mm-hmm. with, uh, I mean, I can count but it's probably dozens if not hundreds of projects um and like i said they're usually not fully realized things it's just a concept like on the ineptitech website this is a good example mm-hmm. there's those little like you said the um the little kind of features yeah the little windows to so i actually um designed those uh, my dad is also a software developer and i had him email me a screenshot of uh he works on with uh apple devices so i had him email me a screenshot of his mac desktop and so i designed those little windows after the apple windows right um and i put another one of those frames uh so like your website's there the dinosaur earth society website is on there and there are these little frames with a little bit of like an angle it's a little skewed to kind of give it some perspective it's got a little shadow on it Yeah. yeah and so i have uh, that started out as one of those experiments. I have a folder called OSX that I'm looking at right now, and all it is is just uh, it's just one file with and, and the screenshot of of the Mac, and it was just I, I was playing around with it and trying to make it work, and then I did, and I ended up uh, using it for my company website. That's awesome. I think it looks really great. I Thanks, see, man. I see the what is this the spam dam. Um, yeah, so that was, that actually shouldn't be on there anymore. Oops. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, is that, so is that a website that, uh, that one actually never got launched, but the idea was, um, so basically, uh, we wanted to take email, um, a, a developer friend of mine, uh, we, we wanted to take email and basically emulate actual mail. So uh, the way we wanted to do that is uh, block spam. And and so uh, my I actually have to credit my friend uh, Carl with the idea for this. <laughs> the idea is basically you take a digital stamp, just like a real stamp that you would put on a letter, right. and um, you assign it to your email when you send it. And the receiving end says okay if this doesn't have a stamp i don't want it just in the same way that you can't just put an unstamped envelope in the mailbox they're not going to take that um so the same idea applies you say okay um it's a dollar for a hundred stamps which is pretty cheap um but the thing is uh those like advertising companies that send you emails those have very little value like the price of those is going down all the time as low as something like a tenth or a hundredth of a cent. I forget the exact uh, price off the top of my head. So what they're spending, what you would spend a cent on an email, you're already outbidding them by like a hundred times. Hmm. Um, That's, uh, hmm. And it's a brilliant idea. And uh, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't move forward with it. But um, How come you didn't? Um, I think we just moved on to other projects as cool of an idea as it is. You always have like the flashy new toy mm. uh, and you're always <laughs> moving on to the new thing. Yeah. And um, that's a cool idea though. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, hey, if anyone wants to, uh, if anyone out there wants to make it happen, uh, 
look me up. <laughs> I mean, after, after, when you're looking at this, whether you're listening on Spotify or YouTube or wherever, there's going to be um, a link to the Inept Attack website or your Twitter or or both or whatever. Like, you know, I'll, I'll pull it up. The website would be good. There. Yeah. Um, I also see the We Don't Support Internet Explorer. Yeah, that one's fun. So um that website uh basically was born i was in in my in the ineptitech discord mm -hmm. i like to just complain into the void because no one in there ever responds to me and that's fine mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um but i was i was working on i think it was i was actually working on the um character creator mm -hmm. and i was uh testing it in different browsers and that's the thing about web development that can be really frustrating yeah is that as much as you want to express these really cool ideas, a lot of the time you're held back by things by accessibility mm. and, um, and, and, and um, support for different browsers. You don't have that problem when you're making an iOS app, an iOS app, mm -hmm. because you have like, okay, there are like six recent Apple devices. This is what I need to support, and that's it. Right. But in web development, you have to support phones, you have to support tablets, uh, 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 desktops. Right. You have to support, like, you have to optimize everything for different internet speeds. You have to, you know, I mean, the, the list is endless. And that's not to say that optimizing things and making them accessible isn't important. Mm -hmm. All it is is that it takes a pretty significant chunk out of your development time that you would, I'm sure, rather spend doing something uh, much more interesting. Yeah. And so I just got really frustrated trying to make Internet Explorer work. It just fucking refused. Can I swear? Yeah, you can. Go for it. Okay. It just fucking refused to work. <laughs> um, so I there's a website called Can I Use, which is a pretty uh, valuable resource for web developers. Yeah. Uh, and basically what it does is it tells you what different features of browsers are available in which browsers. Mm -hmm. So usually like Firefox and Chrome have the best support. And Edge is pretty good too. And then you get into Internet Explorer, and it's all red boxes. And I was like, "Oh, well, I guess that explains it." And uh, <laughs> so I may I ended up just making a website called We Don't Support Internet which lays out in uh, in in clear detail why web developers shouldn't and won't support Internet Explorer. And it turns out Microsoft themselves don't actually consider it a browser anymore. <laughs> they don't want you to use it. I see that on there. I don't, like, what, like what's the point of it still being around? It's, so it says that it's, it's a, a compatibility solution. Yeah, so basically uh, in the days of the early Internet, I don't, I don't have a ton of information on this, but basically I guess there are some, things that were developed specifically for Internet Explorer, a lot of enterprise applications. Right. Uh, so I imagine that takes the form of like management panels and um, like financial solutions, okay. uh, like billing stuff, I would guess. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those things are, they've just been using the same code base for 20 years and it was built on Internet Explorer and it, has just stayed that way <laughs> so they keep it around because microsoft is all about backwards compatibility this is what they do they support um uh often to a fault like <laughs> they, they still support technology older than most people using their software and uh and and you know i understand why like they were the biggest corporation in the world but the reason that Internet Explorer is in that position is because back in the day, you actually you actually had to pay for an internet browser. It didn't just come with it. Oh, really? And then, yeah. So uh, I think Netscape was one, and I believe um, someone correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Netscape actually went out of business because Microsoft may, uh, released a browser with their Windows operating system, and it's like, okay, well, why would I pay for this if I, if it comes free? with my operating system with my computer uh -huh. so and and you know netscape went out of business huh. uh because of that because you can't compete with microsoft right, yeah. on that so um that's how internet explorer ended up that way i believe hmm. uh now nowadays uh pretty much all of them are free and you'd be hard pressed to find one that does cost money right yeah um you know why would they charge it if there are like a million other ones that are free? Exactly. So, so I mean, I imagine you can, I actually don't know of any that, that cost money off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't imagine. Um, 
Uh, so, you know, nowadays, obviously, that model makes no sense, and that's why Internet Explorer is not preferable. I just looked it up, and I, it says that, um, uh, so Netscape was bought in 1999 by AOL. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. But they went out of business in 2003. And, huh. but in 2017, apparently, Verizon bought um, Netscape. For how much does it say? It doesn't say it, but okay. Uh... So, follow up question: Why? Yeah, <laughs> what? Like it's it's been a dead company for fourteen years at that point. Why would they even? Why, why would they apparently, um, apparently, um, what the hell is it? LimeWire, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's LimeWire. I'm thinking of. Apparently, that that brand is still in um circulation. Really? No, 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 no. It's um. Uh, uh, the the music piracy company. Oh my God, Napster, Napster. Napster. They're the ones. They're, <laughs> that brand is still getting still getting passed around. Really? So I think like uh, uh Verizon might have bought them at some point. It's like it, they it, obviously it's not the same thing anymore, but people are still buying the brand off each other. That's crazy. Yeah. I, like I, I like to. A lot of people don't really realize that. Um, like just how big like corporations are that are um just like buying and trading companies uh under like without even like do you uh are you are you active on youtube at all like you watch like youtube videos and stuff um a bit yeah do you know about rooster teeth i've heard of them well rooster teeth was started in i think 2007 or 2007 Something like that. Know, it was a long time. Yeah, ago. they've been around. Yeah, they've, they've been, been around. around for a while. Um, apparently, they're owned by AT and T. Yeah, I think I heard something about that, and frankly, it doesn't surprise me. But it's not like direct. Like it's not like AT and T was like, "Hey, we're gonna buy Rooster Teeth." It was, uh, Rooster Teeth was bought by a company, and then that company was bought by another company. And yep. That company was. Uh, like merged with a company that was already owned by AT and T. Yeah, and that is that just like blows my mind. Yeah, like the when you trace the routes of like this corporate consolidation, mm -hmm. it's crazy. Like, um, uh, I just had an example off the. Damn it. Um. Have you? Um. Have you seen? Oh the, yeah. Um. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I I was just gonna say, have you seen the? Uh, the the 10 food companies that like own yeah like, yeah much everything yeah it's like that web where it's everything. you have a few companies around the perimeter and then going in towards the center of the picture it's this web of all these different brands that are owned yep. by each other and and you get to the top and it's like half a dozen companies <laughs> um and it's kind of an interesting i don't want to get super political or anything but like you see people arguing about like a Venezuela, for example, like their grocery stores all have the same, like the shelves. It's the just you have stuff. choice of one brand. Yeah. But we have the same problem. It just doesn't look that way. I, you know, I mean, you. There was a couple couple years ago, maybe it was just last year. There was this uh, politician from like Maine or something, and he went on a trip to Iceland, mm -hmm. and uh, he was walking through the store, and it was a nice, clean store, but each of the rows was like it only had one brand of a, a bunch of the same stuff that's and interesting he was like this is what socialism would bring to the united states a lack yeah. of choice and i i retweeted that and responded with that food chart and i was like you don't have that i think choices. i saw that yeah yeah i mean it's it, everything it's is um pepsi and coca-cola yeah. and kellogg's and i mean yeah you go you go you go out to eat and you ask hey what do you guys have for soda pepsi products <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and like it, it, it even goes like as far as into like water like coca-cola is owned uh, coca-cola owns like four different water brands and they're yeah. all considered to be competitors of one another because right. they started as competitors. They started as their own individual brands with the exception of Daisani. Right. Um, and then Daisani was just like, hey, these guys are being problematic, so Coca-Cola, you should buy them. And then Coke did. <laughs> yeah. And, like, 
it's not even just like food. Like, um, uh, let me see. Um, oh yeah. So, um, uh, Nestle owns Gerber. Yep. That's a good example. Which Gerber also has that child life insurance thing, which is like, how, yeah. How Nestle is in my mind. <laughs> Wait, what they own it? <laughs> what? Like, there's that, that stupid rabbit that keeps drinking. Jesus Christ. Milk. And oh how, my do they, God. how do they sell life insurance? Life insurance? <laughs> All right, that might be the dumbest thing I've heard today. <laughs> I'll give you actually a really scary example. So not many, I mean, some people know this, but not everybody knows that the internet, mm-hmm. um, you know, people will refer to it as this very like nebulous thing, like the cloud. Right. Um, but the reality is it's actually very grounded. The way that you connect to other continents, there are these giant cables underwater that run under the ocean. And um, uh, let me actually send, uh, pull that, up a map. Is that real? Yeah. Seriously? So I'll actually I'll send this in the uh, – yeah, yeah, yeah. So – What? Um, no, yeah. So they're, they're giant cables that run under the ocean. And um, – that's how the that's how the world is connected, and so uh, to get to my point, uh, <laughs> most of them are owned by like half a dozen companies, and you can probably just guess off the top of your head which companies those are. Just uh, give it a shot. Guess. I mean, uh, like web providers. I, I imagine that um, like Verizon is probably up there. Um, they probably own some, but I'll I'll go ahead and give you the answer. Microsoft, Amazon. Um, yep, Amazon, they have, uh, they're actually a very large web provider through their company, AWS, Amazon Web Services. They are very, very, um, no, yeah, they, that's like their main business is, um, is like, they have their own certification programs for their infrastructure. And what they do is actually quite incredible. And I'll get into that in a second. But uh, Huawei, that Chinese company that everyone hates, uh, they they own a ton of those cables. Wow. Uh, interestingly, they don't they don't own any around the United States. But if you go to submarinecablemap.com, like this is it just it shows you all the cables and you can click on them and it shows you what is owned by who. There will be a, a link to this in the description for anyone who's interested in checking it out. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm astonished. Like, and how, how do these, like, are they just like big cables that just go across the ocean floor? So, um, yes, basically it uses, uh, (laughs) it uses, uh, fiber optics, which basically means there's a really clear fiber and it sends a light through and that's how it transmits data. What's really impressive is that it transmits it across the entire Pacific ocean. Yeah, that's (laughs) That's like tens of thousands of miles. Um, apparently they actually had problems with sharks biting on these. Uh, so they, they started shielding them, but, but it's, it's super cool. I actually worked for an IT company at one point and we were looking at this stuff, trying to figure out, we were going to, uh, I probably can't talk about it actually. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm under NDA, but, um, for reasons we were looking into like where the best location for these cables. Right. Was and you'll see like a lot of them land in New York and New Jersey, mm-hmm. and the rest pretty much land in Florida. Yeah, Florida, uh, and then on the West Coast, pretty, pretty yeah. evenly spaced around the West Coast, except for like yeah. like Colorado and Washington for whatever reason. Yeah, and and it's 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 crazy. So like yeah, um, huh. these are owned by a pretty small selection of of companies. But the difference is that we don't. Oops, sorry, we don't really have a choice. In that, shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> so these are owned by like, I don't know, maybe a dozen companies at most, but we don't have a choice. Like this isn't something like a mom and pop shop can go invest in underwater cables. Yeah. You pretty much are stuck. It's like space travel. Like <laughs> you pretty much have like net, like the government and SpaceX. Right. And, and, and whatever other large companies decide to throw billions of dollars into it. And that's just, that's the cost of entry for these things, unfortunately. Huh. It's, it's really interesting because you see most of it is stuff that is like around uh, like coasts of these countries. Yeah. Brazil yeah. has a crazy amount of them. 
Um, yeah. There's a lot, obviously, that surround the Caribbean, and that makes sense. Mm. There's a strangely uh, heavy number of uh, of ones in uh, Great Britain. So, mm-hmm. but I guess there are a lot of like separate islands for that. So one thing I want to draw your attention to, uh, if you look right around the middle of the Atlantic, there's a series of islands called the Azores, and they have their own line that just goes in a loop um, from Florida uh, across to Europe and um, just one line for their own connection. And that's just islands, and they brought a cable out there. That's so funny. It's just in like a little loop. Yeah. Why is so that? let me ask you a question. Uh, how would you have guessed the internet worked if I hadn't told you that these cables existed? Uh, I would have said that everything is just wireless, you know? It's, it's <laughs> like satellite. I thought that it was like the cloud, you know? Like yeah. Everything just, just gets cloud. Like, everything just gets thrown onto the internet and that goes onto like a huge massive underground server somewhere. And yeah. Accessible. Yeah. Accessible. <laughs> no, it's um, it's 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 really not. It's um, <laughs> wow. Um, it's kind of interesting to me that like the the tech world has this sort of aura of like mystique around it. Like you call <laughs> it the cloud, bad. you call it the cloud, but I've had opportunity to tour in data centers, uh-huh. and it, you associate cloud. You know, it's the cloud. It's very light and fluffy, and it floats. It's like thousands of pounds of servers in giant steel cabinets and giant batteries and uh, uh, cooling mechanisms and the entire building is like designed to route cold air around. So the reality is it's actually pretty fucking heavy. I don't think it's, it's not really a cloud. Um, but it's, 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 really, uh, it's, really quite, it's really accessible. It's not like this mysterious thing. Uh-huh. So it always confuses me when uh, when people kind of regard it that way. Anyway, that's really crazy, and it's interesting to see like which parts have such like heavy numbers of uh, like contact points or whatever. Um, yeah, uh, one of them, uh, namely, is uh, Bulgaria to Georgia. There's a line between Bulgaria and Georgia uh, Let me take a look. through the Black Sea. And yeah, that's, yep. that's weird because it's like right in the center of like where uh, it, like Eastern Europe. It's like yeah, and then like right there, it's just it's it's interesting. And then the Mediterranean is just filled with cables. Yeah, of course, of course. And that's and like I could understand like I just noticed that there is no cable going from Sicily to Italy. Oh, I know there there is. There it's is like, one. It's like to northern Italy. Yeah. That's really strange. And so the um the the global sorry to interrupt the the global um kind of political implications of a lot of this stuff is actually pretty interesting because you can have countries that are not huge fans of each other. <laughs> like my guess is the I mean just off the top of my head mm-hmm. the reason that uh that cable is going from Bulgaria to Georgia through the Black Sea is probably <laughs> because they weren't allowed to. That have land routes going <laughs> through Turkey, yeah. or yeah, that um, makes sense. <laughs> and it's it, it like also with uh, Azerbaijan and Kazakhstan and Turkmenistan, like it, it they're clearly not touching Iran. Like they're they're none of those wires are going to Iran. yeah. But Iran has plenty on their southern coast that go to yep. Saudi Arabia and Kuwait mm-hmm. and Iraq and. That's it's that's fascinating. I had no idea that that was a thing. Please, if yeah. you're listening, go check that out because it's going to blow your mind. <laughs> it really does. Like, you want to talk about giant corporations who have, like, control over the entire world? This is about as big corporation <laughs> as it gets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and literally, like, con- talk about control over the world. Like, everything's dependent on the internet nowadays. Right. And so, I mean, I would say the only saving grace is that... It's very, very redundant. Like the internet is, is designed around no single point of failure. Huh. Um, so if one of these cables gets cut, as actually does happen from time to time, it turns out it's a fairly common terror attack oh. to uh, just cut these cables. Hmm. Um, people have been caught doing it uh, a 
couple of years ago, I remember a story about some Russian military uh, vessels drifting around some pretty important cables. Um, and um, uh, but it, but it's very it's very redundant. There's I mean there's probably what two dozen cables going across the Atlantic just yeah. to Europe. And it's that's really interesting. So it when when I'm if I'm looking at this website right now. And I'm like clicking on these things, um, or if I'm if I say I send an email to someone in England, mm -hmm. does that like is that information being sent through those cables? Is that how that's working? Yes. Wow. Yep. You're like blowing my mind right now, dude. I, I know, right? I've legitimately thought that it was all like it gets tossed up in the air and then the computer across the ocean catches it. Like I said, man, it's really not magic. They, they're, they're not like Galen the Wizard. They're, they're engineers. <laughs> right. They don't have like I mean, they might have a long, flowing white beard, but it's not because they have like magic powers. Uh, <laughs> um, like people just figured this out. Uh, you have a light on one end and a really clear cable. Um, and the light, it turns on and off and those are zeros and ones oh, and that's binary. And you send binary. that over. I mean, that's how all of it works. That's how Wi-Fi works with, with, with the radio waves. Uh, -huh. uh, and, and fundamentally, by the way, just as an aside, that's basically just an electromagnet. Like if you took a nail and then wrapped a wire around it and then attached a battery to both ends, you've created your Wi-Fi antenna essentially. <laughs> Wow. And so what it's what all it's doing is just zeros and ones. It's just transmitting that data. I mean, obviously that's oversimplified, um, but wow. it it like I said, man, just uh, and it, it's really not magic. And these cables are able to send information from the millions of people in the United States to the other side of the ocean in instant. Like so, that's what's great about uh, fiber optics is that it travels at the speed of light. Oh, okay. uh, which is so, why it's important. That <laughs> yeah, that, to answer your question. Um, so um, what's important about that is that um, the cables have to have a very high degree of integrity. Like if you have a little flaw somewhere in this 25,000 miles of clear cable, it's going to disrupt the signal. Right. In the same way that um, – uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I can't think of an example. If there's a tree blocking the sun, you can't see the sun as well. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a good example. Uh, it's 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 the same thing, mm -hmm. and that's a problem when you have <laughs> eight billion people trying to talk to each other, right. and and you have a little scratch somewhere, and like you can't have that. Right. Um. And and obviously, this isn't just exclusive to um, underwater cables. This is is used in data centers all the time. Mm -hmm. Um. Like if you have Verizon FiOS, for example. Spoiler, FiOS stands for fiber optics. Yes, I actually I did know that. Yeah. Because so, they had we got FiOS installed in my house last summer, and the yep. guy was explaining the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So you have a little piece of um, of uh, of the internet of these underwater cables going into your home. That's so wild. Um, I I do notice on here that there is one cable in particular that goes down to from new jersey to florida mm -hmm. now is there a did you hear that yeah that was my sister. uh thought it was a dog <laughs> <laughs> i'll make sure that she hears that <laughs> i was uh I, I i see this cable that goes from uh new jersey to florida is there a reason that that's not over land or is it just like for convenience? i have no fucking idea <laughs> it's just there yeah i really don't know um oh, my okay. guess is possibly redundancy or it's um it's just like it's it relays in florida because here's the thing uh as pure as those cables can be the light doesn't need to be repeated after right. a while you need to kind of reamplify it that makes sense you 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 interpret the light signal and then you basically just send it out again but brighter yeah I uh so that could that could be what's happening there i i uh i clicked on it it says that it's globe net and that it goes from this spot in new jersey down to florida and then that that spot branches out into venezuela and colombia 
or if you take the other route it takes you to bermuda and then that one goes all the way to the uh to brazil and then i guess that's another repeater that goes into yep. southern brazil um yeah i'm really not sure to be honest uh um networking has never been my strong suit mm -hmm. as a system administrator so i'm not really qualified to talk about the giant cables that connect everybody on the planet that's still really crazy yeah um but uh so yeah i don't really have an answer to your question but i'm sure well i i'm glad to see that um the illusion of uh uh corporate choice is yeah present in, no uh not only grocery stores but also uh global networking <laughs> yeah i guarantee you like that company that you just mentioned global net yeah. they're not an independent company I, no I'm chance surprised <laughs> that's crazy well, uh, I, I've really enjoyed having this conversation with you. Yeah, man, this has been great. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to give a shout out to or promote? Uh, you can just, you know, go ahead. Yeah. This is your time to shine. Okay. Um, if uh, you're interested in any kind of software development or web development or any kind of uh, infrastructure, or any kind of technical solution at all check out my website my company website at ineptotech.com or if you just want to hire me personally my personal website is samarov.me s-a-m-a-r-o-v.me um uh and uh i'm basically a wizard and i can do anything <laughs> yes i and i can vouch for that um all of those links to everything will be in the description below, whether you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on Spotify, there will be a uh, description on the podcast and all the information will be on there. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, man, it's been fantastic. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to putting this out there. I think a lot of people will find this really entertaining and informative. I hope so. Uh, thank you, everybody, so much for listening or watching or whatever i hope that you enjoyed this if you want more every sunday at 10 a.m is when uh, these podcasts are going to be uploaded Thank you.